UTC right after the international news. Stand up! Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the November 17th edition of the sunny side of sports international football's governing body fifa has appointed 129 match officials for the 2022 world cup which kicks off sunday with a contest between the host team qatar and ecuador 18 of the officials are from africa with six being referees. Darren Taylor reports on some of the highly rated African referees, including comments from a top South African ref. FIFA says it's appointed match officials strictly on merit, and it's difficult to argue with that when studying the resumes of Africa's referees. Zambia's Jani Sikazwe, for example, officiated the 2016 FIFA Club World Cup final between Real Madrid and Japanese hosts Kashima Antlers. He took charge of the final of the 2017 African Cup of Nations or AFCON tournament between Cameroon and Egypt before blowing the whistle at the 2018 World Cup tournament in Russia. Then there's Mustafa Gorbal of Algeria, who had the unenviable task of being in the middle of the 2020 African Champions League final between Egypt's bitter rivals Al Ahli and Zamalek. South African Victor Gomez is considered one of the continent's leading refs and was in charge of the AFCON final between Egypt and Senegal in February. Gomez made international sportscasts after telling Egyptian superstar striker Mo Salah to stop whining like a baby before sarcastically offering him his whistle. Gomez says if players give him stick, he throws it right back. Players also need to take responsibility. It's not only the referee. We're only reactive to what's happening from the players. Why are people not saying, hey, we take responsibility for our team not performing today? We have a responsibility as officials, players, coaches, to uplift the game because it ultimately it's the game we all serve. He says players, managers, fans and the media are usually too quick to blame the ref when things go wrong. You are going to be the centre of attention, whether it be for good or for bad. At the end of the day, is we need to stop saying, ah, it's so many this, so many this. No, the laws don't apply for number of free kicks or number of fouls or whatever. We need to look and say, okay, is the decision supportable? Is it the correct decision? According to FIFA regulations, World Cup officials are given their assignments 72 hours before kickoff. Gomez says he's looking forward to being surprised in terms of which matches he gets to ref. Yeah, you should never let your guard down, and especially in refereeing, you you know, I always say that when you're a referee, you're the chief problem solver. So you never know, there's always something different, something new. So we just prepare what we can prepare. Our big boss always tells us, do what you can today to prepare for tomorrow. And, uh, you know, you never know what you can expect, and you can never say you're ready, but you just keep fighting, you keep working, and, uh, yeah, the results will show in the end. The video assistant referee or VAR system will be used in Qatar. 
something that's not used in South Africa's Premier Soccer League, where Gomez usually refs. But he says he's more than prepared for VAR. We've had many good courses and, and we've been had a lot of training sessions. Obviously, the transition between doing games without VR and with VR, that is the only problem we have. But there is no future of football or football refereeing without VR. VR is here to stay. And, you know, it just helps us. I mean, how many times you finish a game and you're like, hey, if I'd seen that, I would have made a better decision. So with VAR, it gives you that second chance. And if applied correctly within its protocols, it's here to benefit football, football players, everybody. A FIFA panel will evaluate match officials after every group stage game. Those who score highest will get to handle contests in the round of 16. Gomez says he sees no reason why he can't be one of them. Or Rwandan ref Salima Mukansanga. Gomez met her at the AFCON tournament, where she became the first woman to referee a Cup of Nations game, a group match that saw Zimbabwe defeat Guinea. In the last few minutes, Mukansanga booked five Zimbabwean players. And a yellow card for time-wasting. Well, that's been a common thread here at the Cup of Nations. She dropped her card along the way. In Qatar, Mukansanga will join Stephanie Frappa of France and Yoshimi Yamashita of Japan as the first women to officiate at the Men's World Cup. Gomez has no doubt about the pedigree of the Rwandan and all Africa's referees in Qatar. Although, he says with a smile, he hopes it's his pedigree that shines through to the round of 16 and perhaps even further. For the sunny side of sports, I'm Darren Taylor in Johannesburg. Thanks, Darren. From Johannesburg, let's go north to Lusaka, where Zambian football analyst Musanda Chibulu answered a call from Iron Mike Mbonye. Iron Mike asked Musanda, are Zambian football fans excited about the World Cup? Well, Zambian fans are looking forward to the start of the World Cup, but the excitement hasn't really built to fever pitch high. I would want to suspect because of the timing of the start of the World Cup, um, coming off the back of just the week's recess of the major leagues of the world. Zambians do love the major leagues, of Europe, uh, English Premier League, Spanish La Liga, the Serie A of Italy, the Bundesliga of Germany, and they are very closely followed, including the French League. Um, and so because of that, there hasn't been that uh, momentum building towards the World Cup because the fans were still engrossed in the leagues of the world that they love. For example, the English Premier League has, uh, until recently are two Zambians, they medically retired, uh, Zambian national team captain, you know, Computer Mwepu of Brighton, and uh, Patson Daka of Leicester City, who are very well followed in this particular country. And we had history made in the Ital Italian Serie A, where 21 year old uh, Lamek Banda of Lecce got his first goal, and that just got the fans here very, very excited. We do have a boy also of Glasgow Rangers in fashion Sakala and uh, the Scottish League is equally very well followed. So there hasn't been so much time in between the recess of the major leagues of Europe and uh, the start of the World Cup to allow that building of momentum. But Zambian fans, aside from rooting for African countries at the World Cup, they also do love the international teams, Brazil, Spain, Argentina, the Netherlands,
and uh, England among so many other international teams and so they are very much looking forward to the start of the World Cup. Do you know if corporate bodies or organizations are planning to set up viewing centers for fans in Zambia to watch the matches? Well, insofar as the organizations and bodies are putting up viewing centers, I haven't heard of any plans thus far, but what I expect is that as the World Cup starts, excitement builds, there will be viewing centers that are going to be set up. Um, I recall there were viewing centers that were set up for the Russia 2018 FIFA World Cup, as well as the 2010 World Cup that was played in South Africa. And uh, obviously Zambians love to watch their football in holds, and they love to be in groups enjoying favorite drink, a pint of beer, or wine, and so on and so forth. So as the tournament progresses, I would expect that once the boys are separated you know, from the men, there would be a lot of excitement that was going to be building and uh, the viewing centers could just be a feature that we will be able um, to see around Osaka uh, and probably even the Copper Belt of Zambia. But what I'm certain of is that the pub owners, the joint owners will have good business around this time because fans will be trooping in to watch you know, the matches in pubs where there are huge screens that are set up uh, by the pub owners and not necessarily corporate organizations uh, or bodies that uh, purposefully sets these up for the purposes of viewing the FIFA World Cup. Musonda, which African team is the most favorite of Zambian fans in the World Cup? In terms of the Zambian fans' uh, favorite among the five African countries that have qualified to the Qatar FIFA World Cup, there is a division among three, that is Cameroon, Senegal, and the Black Stars of Ghana. You will recall that in 1990, the indomitable Lions of Cameroon became the first African country to qualify to the quarterfinals of the World Cup ever. And uh, many other fans will remember the dances of Roger Miller as the rip-roaring indomitable Lions of Cameroon reached the last eight. Now, Senegal also has had some fantastic runs, 2002, including defeating the uh, defending champions in France. And uh, there's been friendlies between Zambia and the Teranga Lions. And most recently, uh, there was a friendly that Zambia lost by three goes to one. But the Zambian fans feel like Senegal is their brother. And there's been a lot of worry and concern over the fitness of the star striker Sadio Mane after his injury for Bayern Munich and many fans feeling that maybe that would affect the Teranga Lions going forward. But for the Black Stars of Ghana, there's a lot of nostalgia, particularly 2010 when the World Cup was held in South Africa. You recall that the Black Stars of Ghana came within just a handball of uh, Luis Suarez who clawed that Dominica Dia goal-bound header you know, with Fernando Muslera beaten and uh, the fluffed, you know, penalty by Asamo Agian denying Africa a chance of reaching a first ever semi-final. Now, obviously for, you know, Cameroon also, there's a lot of liking for the president that Samuel Tofis, mainly for his exploits in Europe and also Rigo Song and some fans uh, wishing the pair the very best in Qatar. 
That's Musanda Chibulu, a Zambian football analyst. And Musanda spoke with Iron Mike Mbonye on the telephone from Lusaka, Zambia. Sporty greetings. This is Memory Malisawa, Major Officer of Copper Queens of Zambia. You are listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. It is the biggest sports event of the year. The 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Join VOA to celebrate Africa's king sport. In-depth coverage, pre- and post-game analysis, breakout stars, Cinderella teams, coaches, players, and let's not forget the fans from the four corners of the continent and from the city of Doha. We'll be there throughout the competition. Don't miss the fun with Team VOA Africa. Let's experience the magic of football together. Hundreds of thousands of visitors will experience the magic of football in Qatar. And many local businesses in the Arab nation are eager to receive them. And for many tourists... It's a chance to see the Middle East for the first time. VOA Celia Mendoza tells us more from Qatar's capital, Doha. When the sun goes down, the streets of the Sugwakif, local market in Doha, Qatar, are transformed, welcoming locals and tourists. The market is full of colorful merchandise, unique smells, and traditional food. Tukwagaf. It means standing market, Sukwagaf. So it's like a traditional market. So most of the tourists and visitors to visit here, a lot of uh, nice restaurants and uh, traditional shops, something like that, spice market and the bird market are very popular. For visitors and locals, it is a chance to see an older Qatar full of rustic businesses with handmade signs that contrast with the large buildings and shopping centers of the city. It is quite an experience, beautiful, especially because of the culture. Jamal Abdullah, who has a souvenir store and sells traditional items from the Middle East, hopes the 2022 World Cup will bring more clients. Mainly the Air Force Base and also a lot of transit passengers mm-hmm. from the Qatar Airways. The airport is quite a big airport and a lot of flights. So. The Emirate government expects more than 1 million people to travel to the country during the 2022 World Cup, which kicks off on November 20. Qatar has a population of about 2.7 million. I think it is something that is going to help them to change their ideas a bit about different cultures because people are coming from many countries. Lucia Masurati and Martin Curen are an Argentinian couple living in Doha. They say the event will unite people from around the world through their common passion for soccer. I think they are going to receive them very positively. There are people from all countries One of the largest communities that supports Argentina is from India, Pakistan, Bangladesh. I never would have imagined. Locals and business owners expect the 2022 World Cup to be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Qatar, which is traditionally very conservative, also announced 
some easing on some traditional Islamic restrictions like alcohol consumption and public noise in the hopes of drawing tourists. But not everything is changing. The traditional Islamic restriction on eating pork will remain in place. Celia Mendoza, VOA News, Doha, Qatar. Hello, listeners. My name is Majida Nantanda. I'm a former Christed Crane captain, former national team Christed Crane coach, and now a calf coaches instructor. Listen to Sunny Side of Sports on Voice of America. Heather Maxwell, host of Music Time in Africa. Join me every Saturday and Sunday for an hour of awesome African music. Wake up, dance this music. Like to stay on top of new music trends? Breakout artists? New releases? Maybe you just love the classic styles and the artists of the past. Or simply the sound and feel of a good beat. Whatever your pleasure, you can get it every week right here on Music Time in Africa. So join me on your local FM station Saturdays and Sundays at 1500 and 2000 UTC. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Hello, I'm Carol Castiel, host of Press Conference USA. Coming up, a conversation with Molly Reynolds, an expert on Congress from the Brookings Institution. Molly will talk about the results of the midterm elections, which solidified Democratic control of the Senate, but saw the House of Representatives pass to Republican hands. What will be the promises and perils of the 118th Congress? A conversation with Molly Reynolds. That's Press Conference USA this Saturday and Sunday on The Voice of America. Thanks, Carol. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Follow the sunny side of sports on Facebook and Twitter. My Facebook address is facebook.com forward slash VOA Sunny, and my Twitter handle is at VOA Sunny Sports. The U.S. men's national soccer team is in Group B for the upcoming World Cup in Qatar, along with England, Iran, and Wales. Defender Weston McKenney comments on the USA team's chemistry. I definitely think uh, the chemistry that we have off the field is, uh, is beneficial. You know, I don't think we uh, need such a long time to gel together just because, you know, a lot of us have been playing with each other uh, over the past four years, and, and many of us have been playing with or against each other since, you know, we're 9, 10 uh, years old. So um, I think it's, it's just like we see it as like a best friend that you don't need to keep in contact with, but whenever you link back up, uh, everything is normal and it just flows. And we all know our mission. We all know our goal. It's been the same goal we've had, uh, you know, since the start of the cycle. And uh, we're all going to be um, pumped to, to see each other and play together again and, and kind of uh, have that free-flowing fun and creativeness back on the field with each other. Weston McKenney is 24 years old. The average age of the USA's World Cup team is 25.5, which will make it one of the youngest teams in Qatar. 
the only American player with previous World Cup experience is 29-year-old defender DeAndre Yedlin of Major League Soccer's Inter-Miami club. He made three substitute appearances at the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. The United States did not qualify for the 2018 World Cup in Russia. Another defender on the USA's World Cup team is 25-year-old Anthony Robinson, who plays for Fulham in England's Premier League. Robinson comments on the USA having England and Wales in their World Cup group. Yeah, I mean, playing against England and Wales, I remember sitting there watching the live draw, uh, and I've said this a number of times, I couldn't have been any happier with the draw we got uh, growing up in England. Like, you know, it means a lot to be able to play against them and, you know, show what I can do on that stage against them. So that's going to be amazing. But also, I think it'll benefit the team because especially with the likes of, you know, like Tyler Brendan now, um, doing so well in the Premier League. I don't think they've got any fear going into what it's like against top Premier League opponents for the most part, and myself included. I feel like I've been fairly comfortable this year at this level, so uh, that familiarity against um, players for England and Wales is only going to help benefit us um, going forward, and we're not going to go into that game scared. Uh, we're going to go into it thinking that we can take something from each game. Um, hopefully a win in both will be amazing. The United States will kick off its World Cup campaign November 21st when it plays Wales. At a news conference in New York, Coach Burhalter was asked, which players do you think will bring energy to the USA team? I hope everybody. You know, I think everybody goes there with the mindset that um, that we want to do a good job and that we want to play. Um, we we want to be brave the, the way we play. Um, you know, this is a great opportunity for us. Um, you know, great opportunity for young players, for old players, you know, for, for everyone. And, um, you know, I just hope that when we get there, we're ready to take advantage of it because we really do see this as a responsibility. You know, we want to get the public behind us. We want, we want to build a ton of momentum going into 2026, but it all starts now. The USA's head coach, Greg Berhalter, was also asked, what are your expectations for the upcoming World Cup in Qatar? Okay, so there's two tournaments, right? That's the way we're, we're really looking at this. There's the group stage tournament, and we have to finish second to earn the right to play in this other tournament, which is the knockout tournament. And then from there, anything can happen. And for us, it's just about how do we perform the best possible game? How do we play the best possible game that we can in the knockout stages to keep advancing? And if we don't advance, but we play the best possible game, we'll leave the tournament with our head held high. The USA's head coach, Greg Berhalter, also selected 22-year-old Lille striker Tim Wea for the World Cup team. He is the son of Liberian president George Wea, one of the greatest players in African football history. Tim Wea was born in New York City, and Tim has played for the USA throughout his life, now at the senior level, but previously Tim Wea played for the under-23 under 20, under 17, and under 15 USA teams. Tim Weah has made 25 appearances for the U.S. men's national soccer team and scored three goals. And here's a fun fact about Africa in the World Cup. 44 years ago, the Carthage Eagles of Tunisia became the first African team to win a World Cup match. 
Tunisia topped Mexico 3-1 at the 1978 World Cup in Argentina. The Carthage Eagles are now preparing for the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. And joining us once again for some World Cup analysis about the Tunisian team is my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro. Sporty World Cup greetings, Muckbill. Sporty World Cup greetings to you too, Sonny. Muckbill, Tunisia is in Group D for the World Cup, along with Australia, Denmark, and defending champion France. Who are the top players for the Carthage Eagles of Tunisia? This is one of the tougher groups for any African team, Sonny. Would I want to be in a group with France and Denmark? (laughs) I don't think so. But nonetheless, if there was an African team that could make some magic happen in this group, it would be the Carthage Eagles of Tunisia. I'd say the top players to watch for the Tunisian side should start with the captain, Dylan Braun, who also plays for the Syria side, Salernitana, and he will be the center of their defense. And as they say, defense wins championships, so he will be huge for their success. Next, I'll have to say the midfielder, Elias Shakiri, that plays for the Bundesliga side, Cologne. He's an outstanding player that holds the midfield down, and he has an amazing work rate, and he never gives up on plays. Lastly, I would say Yusuf Msekni, who I feel like will be one of their go-to scorers. He's 31 years old and has had a bit of injury that has caused him to be in and out of the national team for some years. But when he's on the squad, he makes a lasting impression. The 50-year-old Tunisian Jalel Kadri was appointed head coach of the Carthage Eagles in January 2022. He's one of five local coaches leading African teams in Qatar. That's a World Cup first for Africa. Muckbill, do you like local coaches leading African teams? Or do you think European coaches could perhaps provide better tactics and experience? That's an excellent question, and I honestly can't say there's a concrete answer on this, unfortunately. I feel like there are great points for either side. The plus side of having a local coach is that he's probably been around these players for a few years. He's also seen their development and knows their game and what they can and cannot do on the field. He also probably can relate more to them, and that's very, very integral for being a coach. As for the European coaches, they come in and provide a lot of expertise on the game, a lot of them having coached on higher levels. But, and I will say this, a lot of times it doesn't necessarily correlate to wins. As we've seen for years, African teams have been led by European or South American coaches, but they haven't been that successful so why not give the local guys a try and see what happens muckbill what has tunisia's record been like at previous world cups sunny tunisia hasn't had a ton of success in their past world cups unfortunately but hopefully this one will be different they've been in five other world cups in the years 1978 1998 2002 2006 and 2018 this year will be their sixth appearance and potentially their first time out of the group stages tunisia will kick off its world cup campaign on november 22nd when it plays denmark now denmark's best world cup performance came in 1998 when it reached the quarterfinals in France. Muckbill, how do you see this Tunisia-Denmark encounter? Sonny, I think that this game is vital for Tunisia. If they're able to win or draw, it'll make their chances that much better for getting out of the group stages. 
I think they can beat Australia, and with a tie in the Denmark game, they'd have about four points. I don't see them stacking that well against the French side, who are the former champions. But the beauty of football is that anyone can win as long as it's just one game. The main player that Tunisia has to worry about, in my opinion, would be Christian Eriksen, the captain that also plays midfield for Manchester United. He's great at controlling the tempo of the midfield, and he is also a midfielder that loves to push the ball forward and score. If they can try and contain him a bit, they'll have a good chance in their clash with Denmark. Muckbill, economically and culturally, Tunisia and Qatar have close ties In fact, the Arab Gulf States Institute here in Washington reported at the end of 2020, Qatar was the top Arab investor in Tunisia and the second highest foreign investor after France. For Tunisia, Muckbill, do you think such close economic ties can pay off in a good World Cup performance in Qatar? That's an excellent question, Sonny. I feel like great performances in football require a lot of things. Your fan base being there to support you is key. And the fact that culturally, Qatar and Tunisia, both being Arab-speaking countries, may make them a bit more comfortable playing there, it might also feel like a home game to some of the players. Thanks, Muckbill. That's my VOA colleague, Muckbill Yabaro, speaking with us here in Washington. And that wraps up the November 17th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. I get it. And that's the sunny side of sports.